Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and today I'm joined by Jimmy. Jimmy what today? I'm just Jimmy News. Jimmy News. Jimmy Newstron. Newstron. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Jimmy Newstron. I like that a lot. If we had any fans, we could put that on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> the little head. That Jimmy Newstron. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of changes. We Since we've podcasted last, um, the wedding happened. So that was great. And I got to make my announcement at the wedding, which is that uh, I'm having a child. Let's so, go. So we're going to have a new member of the Mosi Soccer family. <laughs> we're going to have to make a, a baby yes. extra small t-shirt. Extra small t-shirt for him uh, when he is born. So uh, very exciting, and obviously. And it's a he, yes, which means... Project Mbappe. Yes, Project Mbappe starts now. <laughs> I'm building out the goal in my basement as we speak. Seriously. So that's fun. I'm so happy for you guys. The wedding was awesome. And uh now we got little baby Vinny. Yeah. Vinny Foco. Vinny and Jimmy. I love that. <laughs> so we're uh we're getting ready. Uh obviously a lot going on in life right now, which has made it a little harder to do the podcast, but mm-hmm. um very excited. Very, very excited. But we are here. We're here to deliver a quality podcast, of our quality at least. And uh, we've missed a lot. We've missed a North London Derby. We've missed Manchester City versus Arsenal. And, uh, well, that's what's important to me. And we've missed some very, very controversial VAR calls or non-calls. Yes. I, I think... Rather than doing a, you know, a whole overview of everything we missed, we'll pick out the important bits, look at the table. But I want to start on the VAR stuff only because I have no interest in talking about it anymore. But we have to. Yeah. Because what we witnessed over the last few weeks was absolutely egregious. Uh, yeah. I mean, so here's my take on this whole VAR. Everything. So we, we know we're not a big fan. I think if it was up to both of us, we would just be done with it. The game was better yep. before it was here. 100%. That's a simple fact. It really, truly was. All it has done is muddied the water on every single call. Calls now are less consistent than they were before. I don't know what a handball is anymore. I have no clue. It makes no sense. Every single time it happens, it's like I don't know which way they're going to go because they're completely inconsistent. And VAR has just made it progressively worse than it was before. Mm-hmm. It has not helped. The, the big VAR fiasco, the Liverpool-Spurs game, um, that was a shit show of all shit shows, <laughs> a, a giant fuck up all around, uh. including the way Liverpool handled it afterwards too. Can I say that I find it almost as egregious the way that Jurgen Klopp in particular chose to act about this, to continue to beat the dead horse and to say there should be a replay. That to me, the replay I don't thing. Know. No, I I have like if the. There's been plenty of games with just as bad calls, not done on the scale of the way it was done necessarily, but we've seen some very egregious, terrible calls. We saw Manchester United score after a game ended. Like we've seen that, some that crazy things happen. The whistle happen. blew yes. and then Man U scored. <laughs> like we've seen some crazy things happen and there not be replays. The call for a replay was ridiculous to me and it almost overshadowed to me how bad of a call it was. Um, but like, we clearly are not going forward. That was just an embarrassment to the league. At first, it looked like it was match fixing, which I think was what you wanted to say. I mean, 
you know where I stand on this. Like it, it really did seem like that when it happened live. I know we were texting each other. Like that's clearly a goal, right? Yeah. It looked like a goal live. It looked even more like a goal on replay. And they don't check it. And then they didn't check it. Um, and then we find out, no, they, they kind of did kind of check it, but they checked it to confirm the goal. But, okay. <laughs> so, so, all right. Spurs, Liverpool. Um, Spurs, the luckiest team on the planet, right? They are very lucky. I, I mean, and uh, they're good. It's like, they're actually good now. And now you add luck with good and they're fair. Yeah. They're, f- I think they're, they're a fine good. team. They the games that they have won have been against barring the Liverpool miracle. Mm-hmm. The Liverpool have, miracle. Have been against uh low level opponents. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. you know, if they've had a great start to the season, I'm going to give them credit for that. They look 100 times better than they have mm-hmm. in the past few years. Give them credit for that. But I'm not jumping there and saying like, "Oh, Spurs are back. Spurs are uh- I'm, title contenders. I, I, I know you have. I know That's you have. That's not what I said. I said but they're good. I I'm setting the tone. <laughs> I'm setting the tone. Um, absurdly lucky. Where was I going with this? Ah, okay. It started with this questionable red card. I know some people think you know, bang on red. Curtis Jones' ball kind of slips over the foot in my. His foot slips over the ball in my opinion, and it ends up being a bad-looking tackle in slow motion. Harsh red card. Sure, you could see it. He's sent off. Liverpool then go on to score. And you just mentioned all of it, so I won't recap it. But the most absurd part of all this is that no lines are drawn. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I've watched 100 games where they break down every blade of grass drawing these goddamn lines to the benefit of absolutely no one. They'll take you know the, the five minutes that they never had to for the most clearly onside goal. And they'll make it look offsides if they have to. But for this, for some reason, they just didn't even look. They didn't draw the lines. And it was onside. I mean, clear as day. From that conversation that they released, in my opinion, I, I do think that is very suspicious. There's no way that this elite group of referees, officials who have done this 100 times, they've worked the VAR room 100 times, the assistants have done it, uh, whatever. The conversation that they had was absurd. It was just like, cleared. And yeah. only one person, one person was just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And then they were saying, stop the game. They were saying, no, we can't stop the game. Yeah. What are you talking about? You blow yeah. the fucking whistle. That was the thing. I don't understand why they can't stop the... Because they, they've done... The way VAR has been in place, we've seen a call not be made. Play they continue blow the on for five minutes and then they blow the whistle. He said, stop the game. Sorry if people heard me snap. <laughs> but he said, stop the game. I would say within a minute, 45 seconds, yeah, maybe 100%. from the beginning of them going they to don't. And they don't. And that that's is, suspicious. That is suspicious. And the entire thing of however many people, I think it was maybe three or four people who are involved in this process. No one said a word except the one guy who seemed like he was the outsider. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I do think the English Premier League, among many other leagues. I mean, you just look at Serie A and every year there's a new scandal there. Uh, You look at La Liga and Barcelona's paying referees. These things do happen. I I don't want to be the conspiracy theorist that I always am on this podcast, but these things do happen and they are happening and the use of VAR only serves to amplify them. That is my honest take. 
I, I don't think I can disagree with that. I, in this situation, it seems to me that it's more of an example of incompetence than it is corruption. But you never know. Um, a good cover for corruption is incompetence. So I, I think it's entirely possible that that's what we witnessed. I mean, at the end of the day, it's embarrassing that it's come to this, that it, this happens. In the end... Uh, Liverpool get unlucky too the Spurs get the goal that yeah. they do to win I mean I, I really don't know in the end this probably will have a major effect on the season which is the craziest thing because we're at a very very competitive very tight league right. very tight even just for the, the top four right now I mean we, we realistically have eight teams right now fighting for that and that's not including United and Chelsea which right. Chelsea actually seems to be a little better form the last few matches and United don't but I'm not willing to write them out to say they could make a push for top four so you could have ten teams realistically competing for top four and the possibility of losing two points and then now yeah. three points in the end yep. for Liverpool it could be critical to this league it 100%, really 100% and you know I'll, you took issue with Jurgen Klopp saying that he wants a replay in Liverpool beating a dead horse I would be banging that drum if but, I were a Liverpool that, fan but that is very much you which is you it, it is because of you've been cheated I, but the, the, you've been wrong I I don't agree, <laughs> I don't disagree that they've been wrong I just at some point you need to get I just feel like there is a I don't very know. victim mentality that Jurgen Klopp <laughs> uh, has had for years Liverpool now Liverpool fans love that but but am I wrong though? There is like this victim mentality with him that really, I think it irks me in general. Oof. It's hard. It's hard because victim mentality, I think, is different from clearly being fucked. And Liverpool have gotten the short end of the stick more than a few times with VAR, as have you know Arsenal, as have I don't know Manchester City. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I do. The, the the goal that happened against United last year that should have never happened. Oh yes, I remember that. And there's been some more, but that was an egregious one that was equally made no sense at the time, mm -hmm. makes no sense now. But <laughs> but I, I I get what you mean. I get why people don't like it. It's like oh the integrity of the game. Well, the integrity of the game is being destroyed by the use of VAR every other week. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Jurgen Klopp or Liverpool putting out a statement that they want to replay or, you know, that they're going to press the Premier League on this. And that's really all it is. It's I don't think anyone actually believes they're going to get a replay. I think it's no, just we're going to press you and we're going to let you know that, like, you can't keep doing this shit. And if you do, we're going to get on you. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for a club as big as Liverpool and a manager as big a profile as Jurgen Klopp to you know, go at them a little bit because they earned it. I, I guess that's fair. I will say that it's a, I do think that this was made to be the big deal. It was because it was Liverpool. I think Ooh, that I don't know, Jimmy. It. I do. I'm all for hating on Liverpool, but it's, I don't know. This is not hating. This is just a reality check, which mm. is that Liverpool and United for that matter, everything that happens to them, everything they do is at a different level in terms of media coverage, specifically in the UK than it is. Yeah. With other teams. And I I just think that plays a factor in it. If this had happened in a Crystal Palace versus West Ham match. This is true. And it happened exact same way. It would not. I don't think the Premier League releases that video. I don't think. Uh, I don't. Hard. I just don't think that happens. So I, I think that plays a factor in it. In some but I, I think 
They don't. Well, again, because the clubs are so high profile. But also the implications of this are a lot bigger yeah. than, you know, Crystal Palace and West Ham, potentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I get what you mean. I agree. But I'm happy that Liverpool went after the Premier League because someone needs to go after them because this is just injustice. Left yeah, and right. I do. I do hope a positive comes for it. And I do think that they need to start holding referees to a higher standard. I think a big thing we need to see more of, and this is honestly across sports, in my opinion. Make referees be accountable for decisions they make. Make them have to answer to the press the same way players and managers do. Make them, yes. the lead official, have to give give two minutes to the press after mm -hmm. the match to ask questions. Make them have to do that. Don't send out these statements 20 minutes after the game, these generic statements that come out after, at this point, every single match it seems <laughs> yeah. like to say either we messed up or this is why we made the decision make the referee have to have some accountability 100%. pay them better too give them you can pay them better maybe if you paid better you'd get better referees yeah, maybe I they wouldn't know. have to fix yes. the matches maybe <laughs> they wouldn't need to put on side bets or something so yeah no i i'm in full agreement the you know they released this audio and they think that this is you know the ultimate transparency but in my opinion that audio doesn't help anything i think it that leaves a bigger stain on them in a way i mean is it really that four buffoons in a room that couldn't <laughs> figure out to draw the fucking lines that they're supposed their sole job their sole purpose for 90 minutes is to analyze and draw lines and they didn't do it and then the referee's sole purpose is to control the game he didn't do it he could have blown the whistle it was the outside assistant man who was the only one who had any sense it, it's completely absurd um, and I feel sorry for Liverpool fans. I feel sorry for uh, Premier League fans who were robbed of, you know, what could have been a really classic game because it was a great game aside from all of this. Mm -hmm. And it was made uh, this spectacle for the wrong reasons. Yeah, so I agree with that. I'm upset by it. But anyways, Jimmy, let's move off VAR and let's move in to something more fun. Let's go talk about what do you want to do, Arsenal or Manchester City? I guess Manchester City is not more fun. No, it's definitely not more fun for me right now. So you can do Arsenal first. Let's let you have your moment. <sighs> Let's bask in it. This is the first moment that Arsenal have had uh, beating Manchester City in 12 years in the league. Isn't that absurd? That is crazy. And I, I think that long. <laughs> I remember watching that game at your house. Do you remember that? I yes, think like, I think so, actually. yeah. Was it Theo Walcott? Maybe Alexis Sanchez who scored? Maybe. But I feel like I remember that being a big deal be right. back yeah. then. I, and I think you might be right. I also think you might be confusing it with the FA Cup game. Because you guys always kick our ass in the FA Cup. And that happened in a semifinal. I remember mm. watching that and being very mad. And I think that was Alexis Sanchez. But I think you're right that that other one might have been too. I'm not could entirely could sure. be. But um, yeah, how 12 years ago, maybe not. I would have been... 14 so no no, I don't <laughs> so no. wow i mean i was watching them though but yeah, but yeah i don't think i don't think at 14 i was coming over to watch games but uh anyways before that we had uh arsenal versus spurs a, actually a really solid game ended 2-2 draw i think spurs again extraordinarily fortunate to have uh scored the two goals that they did um I mean, it was a few weeks ago, so we won't have to harp mm -hmm. on it. But Jorginho literally just falls in the middle of the field as the last man back. Spurs score their second goal. And then the first one, I mean, Son is just absolutely ridiculous player. But the ball somehow gets through three people and ends up in the back of the net. 
just ridiculous. Um, Spurs, though, I will say they did play okay. Arsenal, obviously the better team. Um, and I think deserved all three points. But again, Spurs have continued their streak of luck. And it would just keep going from there. But anyways, uh, Arsenal, Manchester City. 1-0 victory for the Arsenal. I had absolutely zero faith that Arsenal winning this game. I can't stress that enough. That's completely real. Zero percent faith. So can we talk about the game, specifically this game, and say, before I get into anything about either team long term, I thought it was a very bad game. I thought that it was not an exciting game, but I thought it was a chess match. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a competitive, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. I just don't think either team played well. I don't think no. either team played at their strengths. I don't think either team really had a dominant part of the game. It was pretty competitive throughout. Mm-hmm. I think Arsenal were slightly better in the second half, but I don't think it was by much. And you could probably argue City were better in the first half. Yeah, definitely. Um, and which is usually the opposite for City because it usually goes the other way around in games for them. But I did not think either team looked particularly good or really had much of a rhythm. And I think it's probably just because they both did a very good job making it difficult for the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal did a very good job stopping City from having their little short connections when they would get into the final third. Mm -hmm. And I think City did a very good job pressing Arsenal out from the back and not allowing them to really build up the way they wanted to. And it really just made for a very sloppy game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, But in the end, I think it is a great victory for Arsenal. Um, It would be nice if Arsenal would beat City by scoring an actual (laughs) goal and not an own goal. Though this wasn't a quote-unquote own goal. I love it. Like Just like the... The um, damn uh, community shield. It was the exact the big same one. way. Yeah. yeah, the big one. The 98th <laughs> minute own goal. Um, was that off Ake as well? No, that was a kanji, I believe. Oh, okay. I believe. It could have been. I, I think it was a kanji. Mm, I, I don't remember. know. I don't remember. But I believe. Yeah, off the heezy. Yeah. We got an off the heezy for this one. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> overall, I will get into the city problems. But to talk about Arsenal a bit, I did think that they... For a game where it could have gone away from them, specifically with that spiel when Raya was having a very hard time yes. moving the ball, I think they were composed. They were very competitive in terms of physicality, uh, which I think is a kind of a newer thing for Arsenal being as physical as they were in this game. Because that's kind of something I think gets lost with City because everybody looks at like the pretty passing and quick movement. City are a very physical team. Yeah. And they they have a lot of larger individuals and a lot of quick competitive players and they will get into it with people. I think we saw the loss of Rodri in this game. Mm-hmm. Very, it was very evident. Um, and I think we also saw the loss of obviously having De Bruyne, which has been a lost city of had all year because specifically if from the Arsenal perspective, playing city, he has devoured Arsenal. hundred percent. Not having him there was a big, big difference. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, both teams injury ridden, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, City missed Rodri, arguably the best player that they have on the field, mm-hmm. and Arsenal missed Bakayo Saka, yeah. definitely the best yep. player that they could field. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely could sense that City's midfield was not their typical mm-hmm. dominance, and I mean, Kevin De Bruyne loves playing against Arsenal, yeah. obviously unavailable for quite a it's long period of time, probably. and. Um, 
So, you know, the, the two biggest problems that Arsenal had with City were not on the field. Mm-hmm. So I will say that that's a big, big plus and a reason why Arsenal were able to compete there. But I will say that Declan Rice was immense in this game, as he has been in every single game that he's played. Um, uh, absolutely worthy of the investment that we've put in him so mm-hmm. far. I'm so happy with him and so happy for him. Uh, we have found out how to stop Holland from getting the ball. Two games now, Holland has barely been a factor at all. Um, really kind of incredible considering how dominant he is every single week. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think what Arsenal did this game that they haven't done previously or didn't do last season, at least when they were playing really well, is they didn't try and play their way against Manchester City. They played the opponent. At least it felt that way in the first half where they were playing to feel them out a little bit. They weren't just going to play the Arsenal way. Like last year, the game that I was in attendance for that they lost and turned the tide for the season. Um, they had 60% possession, I think, that mm-hmm. that match. And it was City had the lowest ever that they've ever had in a Premier League game under Pep. It was like 30-something percent. But City won 3-1. And I felt that was because Arsenal tried to play the way that they played everyone. And you can't play Manchester City the way you play everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a tactical improvement from Arteta that he said, okay, I have to game plan specifically for this. So I can't just run out and have Zinchenko float into the center every time because we're going to get beat on the wings. And I think they made the changes necessary to stop City. And then in the second half, they were more aggressive than City and they wanted it more. And it, it felt like um, they were the better team in that half. And of course, the goal, they, they were lucky to get it. But uh, it was kind of in a run of play where they were dominating a little mm-hmm. bit. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think, yeah, I think Declan Rice is makes all the difference in the world. Um, I think Gabriel and Saliba both played really well. Saliba I think Saliba is... got a lot of credit in this game, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought Gabriel may have had a better game because he took Alvarez completely out of the game. Yeah. And Alvarez, every game is more involved with Holland in terms of his time on the ball, the amount of touches he gets because he plays deeper back. Right. And... Gabriel was very aggressive in how he played him and did he was cutting off the ball into him repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. I was extremely impressed with that, especially because Alvarez has been an exceptional form this season. Yeah. And he was completely off his game. He got subbed out because he played very bad. He was very poor. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he turned the ball over almost every time he had it. He couldn't get in any rhythm. And I, I think Gabriel was a big reason why that. Um, I thought Saliba played great too. Um, I think Saliba as well as Kovacic both may have been some lucky for some referee decisions in this game. Oh, so, oh um, Kovacic! I, you know, Kovacic, if, if Arsenal had lost this game, yeah. you would have been hearing about that. But man, Kovacic should have been sent off. Yeah. I mean, he no question. Been sent off, and I, I think you could have argued that Saliba had a kind of clear red card too on the Holland play. Where I he, do not agree with that at all. I, are you talking about the one at midfield? Yes. Right? Holland runs into him. No, Holland's running straight. Hit the gym. Saliba runs into Hit the gym. Him. That's what I I'll mean, say that about is, that. And this is genuine. Hit the fucking Again, gym. I don't want that called. Never. I don't want that called, but we've seen that called. It's despicable many that times. you would even bring that up to me. <laughs> I'm personally insulted. So, I uh in the end, I think it's a deserved win for Arsenal. I think City are in a very poor run of form. I think that they are in a very odd place right now in terms of the team. 
I think the issue is City don't know what their best lineup is mm. because they don't have they've had tons of injuries. Um, Bernardo Silva is back, but he's been out. John Stones has not played since the Community Shield. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne is out. We said till January. Rodri's out because he's an idiot and got himself suspended for no reason in a game where he had no <laughs> yeah. need. And quite frankly, Rodri, who in my opinion, I've said, I think I said on here, like. He should be the one who wins the Ballon d'Or because he was the most important player to City last year, more than Holland and De Bruyne, and has been incredible mm-hmm. for Spain as well. Um, but he cost City this game in the Wolves match by being out right. because City are not the same team without him, especially when they're already depleted by other players through injury. The difference he makes in a game, both in completely shutting teams down, in creating the pace of play, and also in getting goals. Like that's yeah. what they, like he gets yep. clutch goals, which this team without Gundogan needs that. Kovacic is not a good Gundogan replacement. Um, Kovacic is fine. He in some matches yeah. he looks incredible. He's almost impossible to take off the ball when he has the ball. He's very technically skilled, is incredible. But he, I think I texted you this. He plays like normal people play which is he doesn't look up <laughs> he has a serious problem keeping his head up and finding passes like it is an actual like mm. it's noticeable for a player of that skill it's noticeable to see that that is actually a floor in his game matthias nunez is an interesting player he's had moments where i look at him and I'm like this guy should be like the top of the top like he, there's things he can he does when you're like wow yeah and then there's moments where you're like this guy's just kind of lost like he's just kind of out there he's new he's just doing things he's new but (laughs) i texted you during the match or after and i said like he's not someone that strikes fear into you you know no like a kovacic like a a great player but like you know when arsenal sub on your junior you're like oh no here he comes it's it's more like yeah he's a he's a role player but for 60 mil you know you hope you get a little bit more you hope you get kai havertz for 60 mil (laughs) we actually had an assist in this game jimmy he he did had a wonderful cameo as a sub i he thought was, kai havertz was great he was fine oh stop he's it he's fine <laughs> oh but goal and assist the last two yeah, games he he's fine yeah that goal that <laughs> this is make a wish make a wish goal they did they did i loved it that was very very hard to watch oh i loved it and he loved it everyone loved it <laughs> And then the Arsenal fans had a song about Kai Havertz, which I just thought, oh, no. Oh, but it I, was great. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I want to talk more about Arsenal. last thing I will say is over this terrible run of form for City, the only player who has looked good is Rico Lewis. And he Rico looks good Lewis, in this game, too. He was good in this game. Yeah. He, he probably shouldn't have come off because I honestly think he was doing a very good job at keeping the midfield together. Mm-hmm. His ability to break through and also find passes for a player his age Oh yeah, unbelievable. In his ability to play at like four different positions too. Mm-hmm. He he's incredible. I genuinely the one positive thing of injuries is I hope he gets more minutes this year. I think he's someone who should play more than he played last year. Obviously last year was 17, wasn't going to play that much. But I I'm hoping this year we see more of him. He's an incredible player and extremely talented. He's probably the closest thing to that Gundogan replacement in terms of ability to break play and create mm-hmm. and get through presses he's exceptional at it i don't think he's gonna have the goals gundawan has and i honestly look at this team right now and with de bruyne out and without gundawan i think which is weird to say i think the city team lacks goals mm. i think that that was a big thing that gets missed on what made them such a great team last year is like the ability for 
the midfield to come through and get a goal when the attack's being shut down. Yeah. And this is a game that was screaming out for something creative from midfield because Arsenal does such a good job shutting down the attack. And that being said, I thought I, I want to talk more about Arsenal. We talked about the defense. Um, I thought Eddie Nketiah was actually very good at causing issues. I'm um, telling you, man, everyone hates on Eddie. I, I really, really like Eddie. Yeah. I mean, he's frustrating because he he's not, you know, a, a Holland level goal scorer or, or, you know, that prolific. But the issues that he causes defenses mm-hmm. always makes a difference. Yeah. And I thought he was good. I I think we differed on Jesus in this game. I thought, I thought he had a great game. shut him down. No, I honestly I thought. Know. I thought Jesus looked as bad as I've seen him look. Because no, he's really? somebody who, I, yeah, I, I didn't. I mm. genuinely thought I that was like the one impressive thing from City is I thought this was Vardiol's best match. Like I, I honestly thought. First of all, he created City's best chance of the game, the pass to Foden that just was just missed on a goal. Yeah. Um, he carried the ball forward in a lot, which City needed. And I really thought he was great against Jesus. And Jesus is a very tough player to play, especially when he's playing out wide. Yeah, I, th- I thought Guardiola looked good, but I think Gabriel Jesus just does so much that, like, I don't think he had a bad game at all. Like, he was in positions that were dangerous a lot of the times. And the way he's able to bring down balls and, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. turn his back to a giant like Guardiola being, you know, however, however small Gabriel Jesus is, is just unbelievable. I think he did a lot to, you know, bring the attack forward. He's always getting back, playing defense. Um, but, yeah, I-, I see your point, but... You know, I thought Jesus had a good match. Uh, but we did miss Bakayo Saka. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's Absolutely. a different game if Bakayo Saka is in there mm-hmm. playing against Guardiola. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Martinelli, too, obviously, comes on gets a goal. So good. Um, Martinelli's unbelievable, man. He's flying past people. He, obviously, again, not Arsenal's strongest team either. We spoke no. a lot about it not being City's strongest team. It wasn't Arsenal's strongest team. And in the end, they prevailed. And they've been good. Like, obviously, the Spurs one does... It's, like, they've had frustrating results, yeah. but I mean, to be where they're at, they're in a great spot. Yeah. Um, but I will say they should have two more points from, you know, being a man up against Fulham and then drawing mm-hmm. that match. Mm-hmm. And they should have an additional two points from drawing Spurs when, you know, they gave him a goal, charity goal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously happy where they're at now, but knowing what it takes to get over the line against a team like Manchester City. It, it's not enough yet, but it did get me excited about the rest of this year because I thought that beating Manchester City was still an impossibility for Arsenal. And, you know, even at home, it felt that way. So it gave me a renewed faith. Uh, I do think at current state, if Arsenal are healthy and Manchester City are not fully healthy, I think Arsenal are the best team in the league. Uh, I think Liverpool are still very scary, but I think it's it's those three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Liverpool are very scary. I don't look forward to playing them. I do think Liverpool's flaws that we expected them to have, they do have. I think their midfield is still... It's shaky. It, I think when they play better teams... Like they, they like the Brighton match, which they drew. Yeah. As they play better teams, their defense and their midfield is shaky. Their mm-hmm. attack is incredible. Their attack is back to like the Liverpool attack. Luis Diaz is real. Awesome. Unreal player. Yeah. He 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 is somebody 
just I love watching him play. Can I, I it's hard for me to like watching Liverpool because I have He's wild. He's wildly he, good. He's very exciting. He's very exciting. He I feel like he's always moving like almost too much. Like it's like mm-hmm. he must be tiring himself out because <laughs> his body's just constant movement. Yeah. But I, I really enjoy watching him play. I'm still not sold on Nunez. Uh, I like Darwin Nunez too. I, I find Nunez to be much like the city Nunez to be of like flashes of brilliance and then moments of just like this is a guy just running around he's lucky to be here like he's just happy he's just happy he's just out here running around just getting a good workout yeah like there are moments of that i see with him too it's so young though it needs a lot of refinement but all the the ability is there yeah but yeah i see what you mean um yeah i mean we spoke about liverpool a little bit and i guess only in relation to spurs um you know, I'm scared of them. I think we started the season saying that both of us thought Liverpool would be back a little bit, and I think they have been. But yeah, I think they have more holes than Manchester City and Arsenal at the mm-hmm. current moment. And um, I guess the other team that I picked to be in the top four, or maybe I didn't, maybe you did, uh, was Manchester United, and they pulled out a big victory over this weekend, I forget. It was Brentford. Yes, Yes, their uh, (laughs) Scotty McTominay victory. Yeah, and uh, aside from that, though, they have been just a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, something is wrong there. They got very lucky in the end, and they were able to win this one. But the way they've played in the league, the way they've played in the Champions League, they, I mean, we, we have to talk about Onana. The most ridiculous player in the Premier League right now is Onana. What what is up with him? Like what? I don't get it. Not good. Is it just that? Like I, I honestly think it might just be that. Like I think it might be as simple as that. I I don't know if that's actually true, but it might be he, though. Like it might be. Okay, they bought him for sixty million, right? Yeah. That's forty million too much. First of all, they had Dean yeah. Henderson, who's yeah. a better goalkeeper than him. They, for some reason, didn't want him. Got rid of him. They had David De Gea, who's a better goalkeeper than Onana. Got rid of him. <laughs> and now they are left with a man who is so inside of his own head that he can't save a single shot. He can't use his feet, yeah. which is the reason why he people thought in. he was brought in over David De Gea. He can't use his feet, can't pass the ball. He can't save the ball, which is a pretty big deal if you're a goalkeeper. I mean, balls are literally coming in, bouncing off his hand and going in like yeah. regularly. He looked like he looked like a what was it? It's not FIFA anymore, but he looked like <laughs> a FIFA goalkeeper. Like he just like he throws the ball everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it's bad. He he's been awful. I I mean, obviously early sample, but in his defense, his defenders are dismal. Yeah, he has Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans in front of him. And for that, I feel for United fans. It's very hard for me to feel for them. But for that, that's rough. That's yeah. like seven years ago. That's a defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is true. Well, that is very true in this match. I mean, he hasn't had that most of the season. It's, it, it's been the last been few. been there for but most yeah. of it. But, um, but that being said, he should still be stopping most of these goals I agree. that have gone in. I think it's your point of it being in his own head is entirely true. I think the way that they approached the goalkeeping position was like so ridiculously stupid, which is letting De Gea go before you had a replacement. So yeah. Inter just had them over a barrel. Mm-hmm. Like 
It's they, quitting your job before you find yes, a new one. It, it doesn't it make just sense. It doesn't make sense because everyone knew they weren't going to play Henderson. Like mm-hmm. they knew that it wasn't going to be Henderson. So which also doesn't make yeah. sense. I mean, Dean Henderson, very solid goalkeeper. Yeah, and I don't quite understand where Onana became like how he went from basically nobody. There was a minimal level of interest when he went to Inter on a free. Yeah. To being, he's a 60 million pound goalkeeper. It's because by the grace of God, Inter Milan made the Champions League final. That that does feel like it's it. And then, uh, you know, Manchester United are so terrible at recruiting. Eric Ten Hag said, well, I managed him at Ajax and he was in a Champions League final. And that means 60 million. I mean, Inter made out like bandits. They get him for free, sell him for 60 million, buy a better goalkeeper (laughs) in Jan Sommer. Yeah. Because Yasuo is fantastic. He's amazing. He's, he's a very good goalkeeper, and I don't know how much they got him for, but I know it was insanely cheap. I I, I want to say it was under ten million. To yeah, get at least like euros, one third under the 10 price. Million euros for him, and he's awesome. So that makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. He is a problem that they need to solve. I think Eric Ten Hag might be a problem that they need to solve. I'm coming around to that as well. They. Their lineup is unwell, right? They have big injuries, mm-hmm. right? Yep. When you lose your two center backs, yeah, oh, massive. It's uh, yep. it's a huge deal. And then when you have the level of backups that they do, it makes it even a bigger deal. But their lineup is so odd every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're not getting Bruno Fernandez to really work. They're not. Mason Mount has done nothing. Mason Mount's been bad. He's dude. been so well, bad, and I and I think Mason Mount's a good player. Yeah. Well, and also shielded in the how bad Onana has been is how bad Casemiro has been. Dismal. Casemiro has been tragically bad. But I but I think these are products of a system that doesn't work. A system that doesn't work in knowing what's behind you as a center defensive midfielder. Like when you know that if they get past you, you know you got. Johnny Evans, Harry Maguire, and Onana behind you. So you might as well take the fucking red and go take a break for a few games. <laughs> Save yourself the trouble. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's been rough. I mean, they, they bought in Casemiro to be the savior, but kind of a, a guy on the back end of yeah. his career. Yeah. It didn't really make... I mean, it made sense, but yeah. not mm-hmm. you know the level yeah. of declan rice makes no, you know no it, it doesn't i i will say on a positive note the fake holland has been very good i've he been is, very impressed with him when i've seen very him play. good player i thought in the champions league match uh against uh was galatasaray i believe mm-hmm. i thought which he they was, lost which they lost yeah because of onana <laughs> yeah. um i i thought he was very very impressive um yeah. so that's a positive i think the way they've handled the Jaden sancho situation is forgot all about that is, yeah bad for ten hog looks bad for him because it it looks it doesn't look good for sancho either but it looks like a personal issue between the two of them which is stopping a team from playing playing a player that they spent what 80 i think 180 to 100 100 million million on a player who at the time that they bought him was considered one of if not the like the talent talent in the world europe and he's got they've gotten nothing out of him I, I do wonder what happens with that because they say he's moving in January at this point. He like it's gotten to. that bad. He needs to. But I think like, he needs to. I mean, there's a couple talking about England. He needs to move. Calvin Phillips. My God. Yeah. Cal needs to go. That transfer was a bust. Like needs to go. <laughs> um, but and then also kind of the way they've handled just in 
it's all up in the air, but the whole Anthony situation was weirdly handled too. And weirdly handled by Ten Hag. Also, some of the comments he's made in interviews, the whole Alfonso Davies comments he made before Bayern when he basically said, oh, he's not a good defender. And then Davies literally was one of the key defenders <laughs> in stopping them in some of their attacks. Like, it's just weird. Um, I thought when they hired him that it was actually a great hire because I thought he was going to bring a top-down system approach to mm-hmm. the team, which I think is what they've needed. But it just seems like it's more broken that United every like it just seems like every time it looks like things are turning around, they go completely 180 and get worse. It's it's true. And I, I don't know how much injuries have to do with it, but they're just not they're not a unit. And I think that's kind of what it is at this point. Because they have the players there, right? I mean, barring injury, the they have the talent for sure. They spend the money. So what's the issue at that point? Mm-hmm. It's it's cohesiveness and it's at the end of the day, you have to look at the manager. I don't think that Ten Hag is on the hot seat, but if they bounce out of the champions league early, which it looks like they very well might, I mean, there's still a whole lot of time in the group stage and you know, if we come to January or so and you know, they're in eighth, 10th place, I think that Ten Hag might, uh, might get his orders. Yeah. I mean, it, it's looking like a real possibility, which I think before the season, I didn't even think was possible. To be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I know the way that United fans always talk, they were going to win the league and uh, everyone knew that wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, it's it's not going well over there. It's it's a tough time to be a United fan because you have to be frustrated that you spend all this money. You have this talent that performs everywhere else they go in the world and then they come over to your club and it's shit. Yeah, it's yeah, it's concerning. It's concerning for sure. And it's. I'm very interested to see where it goes. I mean, they got very lucky to have won the game. Very lucky to win the game in the way they want it. Um, Maybe that helps spring them forward, or maybe it's just a cover to that drags us on longer than it should. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, Another team that's not very good, but uh, actually looks to be on the rise is Chelsea. Uh, They had a few good results leading into this international break. They beat Brighton, Fulham, and Burnley. And next, they face Arsenal. And they currently sit in 11th place on 11 points. But the thing with Chelsea... So we just talked about United. Mm -hmm. They spent all the money. They have all the talent. You could say the same thing about Chelsea, right? At least when you look at Chelsea, it feels like you knew they were going to be bad to start the year. Mm -hmm. At least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because they're so young. They're so raw. New manager. It was going to take a little bit to get going. And while they haven't had the results up until these past few weeks, I think they've had the highest expected goals in the league to mm-hmm. this point in every match they've played almost, or every match. I, I forget what the stat is. But um, I have more faith for them, is the general idea. I, I agree with that. I actually think they've looked pretty good over the last few weeks. Like Not just the results have gone, but I think they've looked pretty good. And mm-hmm. quite frankly... They didn't necessarily look that bad in the matches they were losing. They were dominating, like you said, in they terms just of chances. Score. They just couldn't put the ball in the yeah. net. Um, I think Raheem Sterling has been excellent this season. I think he's been very, very good. He looks um, hungry to show that he's still the player that he is, which I, I think is good for them. I think they're starting to have a little cohesion in terms of the lineup, which I think was another thing at the beginning of the year. Their lineup was way all over the place. Yeah. Um, as they start to get players healthier, I think they're starting to sort that out. They still have Nkunku coming back, which will be, you know, as a phenomenal player to add. 
Um, they have Broha back now, which I actually I quite think is a pretty it's decent player. player. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a good addition as well. Cole Palmer's actually looked very good for <laughs> yeah, them. Like, like their has best to be player. Said. He actually looks very, very good. It was very expensive. I don't regret City selling him for what they got him for, but I do think he's going to be very good. And quite frankly, I think he could be pretty useful at City right now if he had mm. stayed. Um, but I do think they're on the rise. I, I like Pochettino. I think Pochettino's a good manager. I think it will take time. They'll have more bad results that will come. But this is an extremely young team, to your point, and yeah. the talent is insane. 100%. So it, they need time. Yeah, and I wonder how Arsenal are going to play against them. I think Arsenal are more mature than them. I think we've kind of had Chelsea's number a little bit. Well, everyone has um, over the past year or two. But um, it'll be an interesting game. Um, and I, I think Arsenal will win, but um, I think Chelsea will put up more of a fight than we've seen them put up in the uh the earlier parts of this year uh so yeah some hope for them some hope for you if you're a chelsea fan uh another team i just wanted to touch on quickly is newcastle who have been uh, a little bit up and down this year and kind of continued that over the past weekend where they drew west ham who have been excellent by the way west ham have been like unbelievable this year (laughs) uh but before that they had a week where they beat Manchester City in uh, what was the community, not the Community Shield. The, um, oh, the uh, Carabao, Carabao Cup. Cup. Carabao. They beat Manchester City. They beat Burnley, and then they went in the Champions League and they beat PSG four one. And oh, by the way, before that, they beat Sheffield United eight uh, zero. I don't know what to make of this Newcastle team because we know that they're scary, and we know that St James is. Maybe the hardest place in the world to play, aside from Anfield, I would say. But they, they're they inconsistent at this stage. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's a young team in some ways. It's still coming together. I think I, I was very impressed with the PSG game. I thought they were good in the Milan match as well. Um, they're a good team. They're a good team. They... It quite frankly, kicked City's ass in the Carabao Cup. I don't know if you got to watch a game, but they were very good. Yeah. Like, they genuinely were very good. City were pretty abysmal, um, so which probably helped. City had to bring on Oscar Bob at halftime. Yeah, Oscar like, Bob. Literally, that's what it came to. Is like, at halftime, that was the sub to try to, like, r- bring something out <laughs> of the team. And it, quite frankly, it did not. Um, so... I have been impressed with Newcastle when I've seen them. See, I've seen them play City twice, and I thought, honestly, they have played City twice. So we know what they can do, but we've also seen them have some really bad matches. I mean, I, I look at the Liverpool game as one that really sticks to me, and I know that that's mm. like back in August now, but to be up and be a man up and give up two goals yeah, and it's lose a bad one. was at home, too, like, that was a rough one, and that shows that maybe they're not quite there yet. But then when you go out there and you, you drop eight on a team, like, you don't see that. <laughs> and then the way that they beat up PSG, which PSG, first of all, is another dumpster fire. Yeah, they like, are. Luis Enrique, what is going on? Like, they, they're bad. Like, yeah. they're, they're losing to bad French teams. They're losing across the board. So maybe it's not as impressive as it sounds for one over PSG. But <laughs> I've 
Newcastle are one of those teams where when I look at the standings, I kind of expected them to be a little higher. Mm. Obviously, they've been in you know pretty decent form, and 13 points is not bad. I mean, yeah, 20 no. They've had tough points. matches, they've, too. And they've played... Yeah, exactly. So I expect them to continue to rise. I do think they will fight for top four again. Um, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm hoping they make it out of their group, and I think they have a good shot, too, which I don't think anybody would have thought at the beginning. I know. They're in that group of death. Yeah. PSG, AC Milan... Dortmund, Dortmund, and them. Yeah, that's a that's a rough group. Right, it is Dortmund, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think so. But yeah, um, Newcastle, very interesting team, a fun team at the very least. Um, if you're looking at someone to watch, always a good one. Uh, teams that have been doing incredibly well, just honorable mention: Villa, Brighton, West Ham. Villa have been so good. Uh, Unai Emery, what a guy! I'm very happy for them. And Brighton uh, also sit on 16 points. But another very odd team, like they lost 6-1 to Villa. It doesn't make sense. And then they'll go out and, um, you know, they'll beat Liverpool or tie Liverpool, whatever they did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how all these... I mean, like Villa, I think we'd be talking higher about them if they didn't go out there and have that draw with Wolves. Like, that's a bad draw. Yeah. After coming off, like, literally destroying Brighton, you don't expect them to go and, like, draw with Wolves. You just don't expect it. And I, I have been very impressed with them. I think the league overall is very, very competitive. There's a lot of really just really solid teams. Mm-hmm. Like, they just really are. Like, even some of the, I'll call them lower level teams, when you see them play and you see them on paper, there's still actually very ta- a lot of talent there. Yeah, I um, fully agree. Like, I think Fulham's a good example. Like, Fulham, and like, when you watch the, the way they played this week, mm. like, I, I thought they were really good and granted Sheffield is not good but like Fulham looked very good in attack like they just be able to create some really nice goals and you can see that with all of these teams they all have that ability to do that and it's a very very competitive league right now yeah definitely and uh special shouts out to my boys Luton Town for getting their first Premier League win always at my expense always uh I bet on Everton and guess who won Luton Town their first one ever Congratulations, Town. We love you. Thank you for taking my money. Uh, anyways, Jimmy, let's get into some predictions, shall we? I think we have an international break, so we're going to have to do some scrolling, and you're going to have to stall while I pull up my Premier League app. All right, so well, I can pull find up your Premier games. League app. I will say, as we do our predictions, I will say I've had a very hard time predicting the Premier League this year. <laughs> Uh, because betting has gone very, very badly for me. I have to say, I've not had any luck. I locked my app for a year. I'm done. I put, move. I put in three bets. I lost every one. I put in a big one on Arsenal against Lens. Who the fuck are Lens, right? Glasses. During the chance, I put, I put a bet in against Lens, and uh, Arsenal lose. They straight up lose two one away at Lens. Fantastic. I love it. That was the final straw. And then the fact that they go and beat Manchester City right after that makes me want to just hurl myself out a window. That's what sports betting does. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That's fair. Fair. That's very fair. I'm steaming thinking about it again. Anyways. (laughs) Getting fired up. Match week nine. Can't wait. Uh, Liverpool and Everton started off at 7.30 a.m. Eastern. Jimmy, who do you have here? I can't not pick Liverpool. I'm going 3-1 Liverpool. Ooh. Everton's been better than I expected them to be, but I still don't think they have a chance in this one. <sighs> These games are usually a little bit closer. I'll go 2-1 Liverpool. Bournemouth and Wolves. 
I'm gonna go one nil Wolves. I don't think Wolves are that bad. Maybe it's just because they beat City, but I genuinely like. I think Neto is very good. Um, the Korean guy. The Korean good. guy, <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. That's something that we would say on here, yes. and then feel bad about saying it. And then he scores the winning goal. Yeah. Like it, it's just <laughs> can't make it up. We didn't get to talk about that, but you can't. Make it up. <laughs> uh, I'll go one-one Bournemouth. I actually think Bournemouth are like a sneaky solid team. Uh, I think they can get a point here, especially at home. Brentford and Burnley. I want to pick Burnley so bad, but I can't. It's Brentford 2-1. Yeah, Burnley are doing the thing that Norwich did where it's like, oh, like they played such fun football in the championship and they scored a lot of goals and then they came up here and it's just not the same thing. You you can't really do that. And uh, I have felt bad for them. Um, Brentford, though, I will say, I love Brentford. I love Thomas Frank. Not doing well to close out games this year. No. Uh, shining example was Scotty McTominay dropping two yes. on you in the stoppage time. Uh, uh, with that being said, 2-1 Brentford. Manchester City versus Brighton. That's a tough match. That is going to be that's gonna be a battle. I am going to think the City win. I am going to mm. go 1-0. This is oddly the type of game that Brighton might steal from you. I'm going to go... Do you think City going to lose three Premier League games in a row? <laughs> I don't. I don't. But... Um, I will hope that they do, and I'll pick Brighton 2-1. Uh, Newcastle and Palace. I'm going to go Newcastle 2-0. Again, this is kind of like a weird one where it's like you would pick Newcastle, but this is the type of game that they draw. I'm going to go 1-1. Forest and Luton. I'm going to go Forest 2-0. Mm. Luton's been slightly better lately. Um, they've found a way to put the ball in the net, yeah. which was a struggle at the beginning of the year. Uh, I... I don't know. I, I like both of these teams. I like to root for them both. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Matt Turner. <laughs> Chelsea versus Arsenal. I'm going to pick... I, part of me wants to call pick a draw, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say 2-0 Arsenal. I, I think Arsenal will win this one. I, I don't know that they'll keep a clean sheet, but I think it'll be 3-1 Arsenal. Sheffield United versus Manchester United. I have to go, man. I have to go United. Do you? Um, Do United you? versus United. Now I'm gonna go. I am gonna go, man. United, a two-one victory. Two-one Sheffield. <laughs> and I believe it. And That's I, the craziest thing. I actually believe it. Uh, Villa and West Ham. Wow, really great game. The only Sunday game. I'm gonna go two-two draw. That's fair. That's fair. I'll follow you on that. And then Spurs and Fulham. This is the game Spurs would lose. If they were the regular Spurs, this is 100% when they would lose when everybody's gassing them up. And I am going to say it happens. I am. I, I say, I, I know it's probably a bad prediction, but I'm going to say they lose 2-1. The other shoe has to drop eventually, right? It, it's just so... It, it's Spurs. It's what it's, happens. It's gonna. It's gonna. And listen, Spurs fan, in, in, enjoy what you've had so far. You're going to have a very nice season. You might make the Champions League. But uh, this is not where you belong. You're not. You're not a top one, two, three team. You're just not. It's it's know it's not place. where you're at. You got to know your role. You're gonna get stuffed back down. Uh, I don't know that it's gonna be Fulham. I will pick one one just for the lulls. Okay. <laughs> and and that'll do it for match week nine of the Premier League. And uh, I think that'll do it for us, Jimmy. So why don't you hit him with the plugs before we go? Uh, follow us on Instagram and X at soccer mostly you can email us mostly soccer show gmail.com 
And if you have not left a five-star review, which if you haven't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. You should go do that on Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. Also, if anyone is interested in donating to Worthy Causes, uh, aafrf.org, the charity that my brother and I have started to help first responders. If you're still listening, you might as well go check it out. And uh, I don't know, send us an email and tell us that you, you like what we're doing. Or send us some cash. Anyways, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.